Welcome to the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. I'm Carl Brown, and Everybody Suffers, how can I pray for you? My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or you can share that consolation with others. And this podcast is brought to you by Our Lady of Kibeho. Kibeho, Rwanda was the site of the most recent major church-approved apparition of Our Blessed Mother. She warned about the Rwandan genocide of 1994, and she reintroduced the Seven Sorrows Rosary. Mary gave this warning more than 10 years before the genocide, which she confirmed by predicting the death and resurrection of three visionaries in Rwanda. And the warning she gave the people of Rwanda, she specifically said it was not just for Rwanda, but a warning for the whole world. So what will you do now? Will you pray the rosary every day as she asked? Or will you one day regret not having done enough to prevent what she warned us about? I'm Carl Brown. I'm your host today. And we're talking about the Dominican Rosary and the Seven Sorrows Rosary, the Servite Rosary. And I wrote a book, uh, Something You Can Count On, by, um, it's about the, the, the Rosary of the Seven Sorrows of Mary. And I, my wife and my son and I have started doing conferences. Uh, we've done them in, in four states now. We hope to go even further. The conferences are called Everybody Suffers, and they are depending on how the parish wants to structure it, either a, a Saturday event or a, a mission-style thing, Monday night, Tuesday night. And it's just having, having um, we're getting great feedback from people about it, and, and we're, we're excited to, to share that with people. And one of the questions that I get regularly as I am promoting the Seven Sorrows Rosary is people say, look, I already pray the, the Dominican Rosary, the five-decade rosary, are you saying that I should stop doing that? And the answer is, of course not. I don't want to be go. I don't want to go down in history as somebody who told people stop praying the rosary. Uh, I, I have a five decade rosary in my pocket. I carry it with me every day. And one thing I discovered is that I have another pocket, <laughs> and I carry a seven stars rosary with me also every day. And so we can pray both. And, and um, this episode is not really so much about Our Lady of Quibejo, but I will have another episode. And just, just compare Our Lady of Quibejo and Our Lady of Fatima, and you can see that Mary is upping her game. And, and I think it's an invitation for us to up our game as well. So... The Dominican Rosary, the five-decade rosary, was given to St. Dominic in 1208, as of the recording of this episode. That was 815 years ago. Mary gave the Seven Sorrows Rosary to the founders of the Servite Order in 1239, and that's 784 years ago. So, the Dominican Rosary, which is much better known, much more well-known, is really just 31 years older than the, the Seven Sorrows Rosary. And so 
when Mary in Kibeho in Rwanda, when she reintroduced the Seven Sorrows Rosary, it was just that it was it was it's not the first time that we that this Seven Sorrows Rosary has come to us, and and so as I compare the Dominican Rosary with the Seven Sorrows, the Servite Rosary, just understand that they're both uh, 780 or 815 years old. They've both been with us for a long time. We are just much more familiar with the Five Decade Rosary. And there's a lot of value in the Five Decade Rosary. Before I even discovered that there was a Rosary of the Seven Sorrows, my wife and I had been praying the Dominican Five Decade Rosary about 20 years t together and didn't know that there was a Seven Sorrows Rosary. And it was only when I sat down to, to you know, investigate that I discovered how powerful the Seven Sorrows Rosary is. And so this, again, this episode is just a comparison and a contrast. So what are the benefits, if you will, of the Dominican Rosary, the Five Decade Rosary? And the, the answer is there are many of them. And before I talk about that, let's just talk about the Angelus, right? Because the Angelus is just something, it's much shorter, but it's, it's Marian in nature. It's a, it's a daily prayer that revolves around the Incarnation. And the reason for bringing up the Angelus is because uh, Father Chad Ripperger and other exorcists talk about the importance of the Angelus in, in battling our spiritual enemies. And, and part of the reason for that, I think, is just the discipline. This is what Father Chad says, so I believe him. I agree with him. The discipline of, of saying the Angelus at 6 a.m., at noon, and at 6 p.m., but the reason I'm talking about the Angelus right now in a, an episode where I'm com comparing and co contrasting two different rosaries is that the benefit of the Angelus is that it is a recipe for the Christian life. In other words, it's formulaic. <coughs> Excuse me. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then you say, Hail Mary. And then, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, may it be done unto me according to thy word. And then you say, Hail Mary. And then, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then you say, Hail Mary. And so, and that's, and that's really it. There's a closing prayer, but that's a very short prayer. There's only three Hail Marys. There's 50 in the Dominican Rosary and there's 49 in the Servite if you're not counting the, the um, introductory prayers. But the Angelus is formulaic. It's, and, and we say it three times a day to remind ourselves that this should be our disposition as Christians. The angel of the Lord declares unto Mary, and the angel of the Lord brings a message to us. The angel the, is messenger. The, the evangelium, the gospel, has the word angel in it. We hear the evangelium, that we hear the, the gospel, and then we should say, as Mary says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done unto me according to thy word. And when we do, then the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
So the Angelus is formulaic. It's a recipe for the Christian life. And it's a good reminder to be said three times a day. And again, I'm sharing that about the Angelus in order to introduce the, the formulaic benefit, if you will, of the Dominican Rosary. The Dominican Rosary has three sets of mysteries. Now, Pope John Paul II added a, another set of mysteries, the luminous mysteries. But if I'm, if I'm just comparing the Dominican Rosary with the Seven Sorrows Rosary, I'm only going to talk about the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries because for so long, as a matter of fact, for 760 years, or for, well, for the Dominican Rosary, for 800 years, that's what it was. It was just the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries. And it, th this is the prayer that Mary asked of us in Fatima, Portugal, in 1917, which is why we should pray this, the, the Dominican Rosary. But it's, it's formulaic in that it goes through a sequence of joyful, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries. Now, the formula, the recipe of the Angelus is how we should respond to the message of the gospel. When it is proposed to us, we should immediately say, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. And when we do, then Jesus will be born in us. Jesus will be formed in us. It's like Mary is the mold, and when we follow her example, then we can be like her in bringing Christ into the world. Christ can be formed in us. And St. Paul says, um, let's see, He says, my children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Galatians 4.19. So the Angelus provides for us that formula, that recipe for Christ to be formed in us, like Galatians 4.19 says. But the formula or the recipe of the Dominican Rosary is joyful, sorrowful, glorious. And this is somewhat of a recipe for or, uh, the Christian life, or it's a it's an it's a thirty thousand foot view of the Christian life that we will hear the good news, right? The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, that is the first Hail Mary and the Angelus. It's also the first joyful mystery, uh, the Annunciation, and Mary then responds with a yes and then the third joyful mystery is Jesus is born so that's that's the joyful set of mysteries that then Jesus is presented in the temple and Mary finds Jesus after after 3 days of losing him this is the joyful part of our christian life but the value of the dominican rosary is the presentation of the idea that joyful, the joyful phase of our life will at some point as Christians turn to a sorrowful phase of life because Jesus says, if you would be my follower, you must take up your cross and follow me every day. Every day we must engage in self-denial. So 
that is sorrowful because it's it's contrary to what we hope, contrary to what we want, and and we we will experience sorrow. No one can escape sorrow. The title of this podcast is "Everybody Suffers," and in the sorrowful mysteries, we can we we can see that reality. There's a billboard not far from my house that that it's a billboard for plastic surgeon, and it says. Who says you can't have it all? <laughs> and I say, well, the, the, the rosary does. The rosary says you can't have it all. The rosary says that you will experience sorrows. But the formula, the recipe of the Dominican rosary is that the joyful season of life will be followed by the sorrowful season and the sorrowful season will be followed by the glorious season. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a grain of wheat. But if it falls and dies, it gives fruit. And just in the same way, we can't have an empty tomb without first going through the cross. We can't have redemption without the cross. Um, in fact, the um, Christianity, with uh, if it was proposing to us an empty tomb without the cross, it's a delusion. And if people look at Christianity from the outside and they don't see the empty tomb and all they see is the cross, well, that would be madness. But the beauty of the Dominican Rosary, the beauty of the joyful, sorrowful, glorious mystery cycle is that it teaches us that we will have a sorrowful phase of life. But, um, but those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. And that is one of the main benefits of the the Dominican Rosary is the the, under, the the conveying of that message, the recognition of that, and then then our openness to live that. And when I first was praying the Dominican Rosary, as I said for twenty years before I discovered the Seven Sorrows Rosary, right away I noticed some patterns in it. For example, the first scene in each of the three mysteries involves an angel, right? The joyful mysteries, the angel Lord um, appears to Mary. In the sorrowful mysteries, the first sorrowful mystery is the agony in the garden, and an angel is there to strengthen Jesus. And the first glorious mystery, the resurrection, uh, the disciples come to the empty tomb, and there's an angel there saying, what are you, why are you here? What are you looking for? So I noticed that, that symmetry but then I also saw sort of an inverse symmetry, and that is like the first joyful mystery was Mary receiving honor from heaven. And then the bookend to that was the fifth glorious mystery, was Mary receiving honor from heaven, the coronation. And, and then I, I, I saw that, oh, the second joyful mystery is a journey uh, Mary uh, goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, the visitation. But then the second to last glorious mystery was also a journey. It was a journey of Mary going to heaven. And and I, I saw in, in the third joyful mystery is the birth of Jesus. The body of Christ enters the world. And the th third to last glorious mystery is, the, is, the, uh, is Pentecost. 
which is the birth of the church. The body of Christ enters the world. You know, Mary is together with the disciples and the Holy Spirit overshadows her and the birth of the church. And just in the same way that Luke, Luke, who told us about the Pentecost in Acts, in his gospel tells us that the power of the Most High overshadowed Mary and that that's how Jesus was formed. So, so what, I'm, what I'm describing here is um, a, a mirrored symmetry in, in the structure of the Dominican Rosary that, that, that leaves a lot of room for pondering. And, and this mirrored shows that the, the first joyful mystery matches the last glorious mystery. The second joyful mystery matches the second to last glorious mystery. And this, is, this forms a, a chiasm. It's, it forms a, um, a structure that's pointing to the middle. So, a friend of mine, um, Doug Tiger, from from Chirp Retreat that I went on, he he was interested in the, the concept of a chiastic structure, a literary device, which is the, is exactly this that that a first thought is mirrored in the last thought, the second thought is mirrored in the second to last thought, the third thought is mirrored mirrored in the third to last thought, and if we look at the Dominican Rosary in that way. We can keep going and see the fourth joyful mystery is the presentation in the temple. The son is presented to the father. And so that's the fourth joyful mystery. So the fourth from last glorious mystery is the ascension. And the son is made present to the father. And the fifth joyful mystery, after three days, Jesus is reunited. And that matches the fifth to last glorious, which is the first glorious mystery which is the, the resurrection, is that after three days, Jesus is reunited. So, the, so there was some symmetry between the, the five joyful mysteries and the, and the five glorious mysteries, but it was a mirrored symmetry. And then that brings us to the sorrowful mysteries. So if this pattern held out, then the first sorrowful mystery would match the fifth sorrowful mystery, the second would match the fourth, and then it would leave the third to stand alone. And in a typical chiastic structure, literary device, it's that middle point that teaches us something. So the, the first sorrowful mystery, Jesus is in agony in the garden. And the fifth sorrowful mystery, Jesus is buried in the garden. In the second sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar, Jesus is tortured nearly to death. And the second to last sorrowful mystery is uh, the crucifixion. Jesus carries the cross to death. He's, he's, he's tortured to death. And that brings us to the third joyful mystery, which in this analysis is, is the central point of the Dominican Rosary. And that's the crowning with thorns. So here is what I think is the central message of the Dominican Rosary. And that is that Jesus is crowned with thorns in the third sorrowful mystery but the fifth glorious mystery ends with mary being crowned queen of heaven and earth and and so why am i looking back at that uh, because in in revelation chapter 4 we see that the saints in heaven are given crowns and and, and so this is this is what I saw as, as the symmetry in the Dominican Rosary, but then also 
that symmetry, that chiastic structure, brings us to see that the, the, the central point is the crowning of thorns, and the ending of it is Mary is crowned in heaven. And, and I take that to mean that the, in addition to the formulaic structure of the Dominican Rosary, that we will go from joyful to sorrowful to glorious, it's that we will experience a crown of thorns on earth. This is the curse of, of the Garden of Eden for Adam, is that he would have to bring forth vegetation through sweat and that he would encounter thorns and thistles. Uh, you know, the third sorrowful mystery is that Christ is crowned with thorns, but the fifth glorious mystery, Mary receives a crown in heaven, and that sh shows us what we can expect, which is shown in Revelation chapter 4, that the, cr that the saints in heaven have a crown. So, so, the, so I see the main message of the Dominican Rosary in addition to those cycles that we'll go through, joyful, sorrowful, glorious, is that despite our sorrows, despite having to wear a crown of thorns on earth, we will receive a crown in heaven, a crown of glory in heaven. And in that way, as I compare the Dominican Rosary with the Seven Sorrows Rosary, that there is a, a connected message there. And Yet, the Seven Sorrows Rosary, as a formulaic rosary, the Angelus is formulaic, and the, and the Dominican Rosary is formulaic, the Seven Sorrows Rosary is also formulaic, and it, and it can teach us about the phases of life. We'll cover that in another, in another podcast episode. In fact, I already, already have, uh, you can pray a Seven Sorrows Rosary with me, praying the different stages of life. But that brings us to the end. And this is, you know, I'm Carl Brown, and this is the everybodysuffers.com podcast. Everybody suffers, so how can I pray for you? You can email me at carl at everybodysuffers.com. And my hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation where you can share this consolation with others. I'm Carl Brown. God bless you. Have a great day.